Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Join with me in prayer if you would. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do exalt You and praise You for all that You are. We thank You, Father, for Your great gift to us. Lord, we praise You uh, for Your coming to be the sacrifice that we uh, needed in our lives, the sacrifice that only You could pay. Lord, we exalt You and we thank You for that great gift to us. And Lord, we pray that You would... uh, Help us to be mindful of that sacrifice that you've made for us. Lord, help us to be aware of of all that's uh, wrapped up in uh, the pageantry and and all of the things that are happening this week as we remember the week that impacted our lives so long ago. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 21, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And uh, this morning I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. So many times we call this uh, Sunday Palm Sunday because of the fact that uh, everyone, as Jesus was entering into Jerusalem, uh, they took down palm fronds and began to uh, to praise Jesus and worship Jesus and, and all of that. But uh, uh, really this is known as the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is really, if you uh, look at what it is and what it's all about, this is uh, the entry of a conquering king. Uh, to And usually what would happen in a time in which a uh, conquering king was coming into uh, the kingdom is is that he would enter in uh, in all of this pomp and circumstance and he would come in uh, with such pageantry and he would come in and be presented before all of the people, the representatives of the people, and he would be coronated and he would uh, be crowned as the king of the land. And uh, we're not familiar with uh, the coronation ceremony because... Uh, for one, we're American. We don't have kings and queens. In fact, we uh, started our nation because as a revolt uh, against a king, and so uh, we're not. Uh, we're even the pageantry and all of the symbolism and all the things that happen uh, when we have a new president. Uh, 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 take the oath of office is not quite the same as as uh, the coronation of a king. Uh, the last time uh, the coronation of a monarch happened in England was uh, back uh, uh, quite some time ago, seventy plus years ago, and so it is. Uh, not something that even if we did uh, take note of it here in the United States, uh, what happened in, over there in England when uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth II was uh, crowned queen, uh, that was so long ago. Many of us were not alive during that time. Many of us, uh, if we were alive, probably didn't care too much. Uh, but uh, when a, a queen or a king is, is crowned, uh, the monarch, the supreme 
uh, leader of the of the land. It's a very big uh, uh, and uh, event, an event that everyone is in attendance to, and and it is a, a, a filled with uh, such regal uh, uh, attributes. Uh, uh, Queen Vic, uh, Queen Elizabeth went to uh, be crowned in a golden carriage. Uh, I can't imagine that much gold to to consider a, carri- a full carriage made out of gold or even uh, golden colored. We we just not familiar with that kind of um, amount of expense, that amount of money uh, that is used to uh, to celebrate a monarch uh, and. Certainly what Jesus did uh, those many years ago is, is a coronation. He is uh, going to Jerusalem uh, very much like a, uh, a monarch would enter into the kingdom uh, in the capital city. And Jesus is uh, making His way there. Uh, let's look at this first 11 verses here and. Uh, Matthew 21 and see the perspective that Matthew gives us. He says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find uh, a cult, uh, a uh, ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, say unto uh, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway He will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken of the prophet, saying, uh, uh, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, uh, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt and the fowl of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and brought him, uh, on them their clothes and they set him there on. And a very great multitude spread their garments in uh, the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewed them in the way. And the multitudes went before and that followed crying saying, Hosanna! To the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. So this morning I want us to look at this passage of Scripture and I want us to uh, focus more on uh, what is happening in this passage of Scripture rather than breaking it down and looking at all the different words and all that kind of thing, uh, which I am, tend to do from time to time uh, when I preach. But I want us to see the narrative for what it is and to see uh, what is happening here and help us to understand uh, the significance of what's going on. As I said, uh, this is Jesus making His way into uh, to. Uh, Jerusalem, a triumphant entry. He's left Galilee some two weeks prior and he's making his way to Jerusalem where he will uh, enter into a time in which he will be uh, betrayed by Judas and he'll uh, be taken and he'll be crucified and uh, be laid in the tomb. And and of course we celebrate and we uh, worship God on uh, Easter morning, uh, resurrection morning. 
And, and that's a big deal. But this Sunday is, is significant. This Sunday is Palm Sunday because of the, uh, the significance of the palm fronds and the palm branches. Uh, but I believe that all that is happening before and all the things that are happening along with that are important. We're going to see this passage of Scripture and the events that are happening summed up in four words. Four words. Pilgrimage, prophecy, praise, and perplexity. And so we're going to look at these four words and how they, uh, the significance of these words, and we're going to see what is happening here. And first of all, we start out with the pilgrimage of Jesus Christ. As I said, He's left Galilee, and there's a crowd of people that are with Him. And as He's coming, He's not coming, as, a, as I said, as a conquering king with, uh, on a horse, a white steed, and an army of people behind Him. He's coming instead as a, a, a group of people that are all making a pilgrimage. They're making a pilgrimage because they're going to Jerusalem for the Passover. They're going there and Jesus sets out uh, with perfect timing so that He will be there and He will be uh, the uh, there during the time of the Passover. And, and we have to remember that Jesus is the Lamb of God, that Jesus Christ is uh, the Lamb that will be the ultimate sacrificial Lamb for our sins. He will be the one who will be given up for us. And Jesus is perfectly... T- uh, look, uh, Jesus is God incarnate. And Jesus understands and knows the hearts of men. He understands and knows what is about to happen. He's not going there and going to be surprised by anyone. He's not going there to uh, and and he's. Uh, shocked by what is happening. Jesus knows what's going on. He knows the, uh, the events that are happening. He's planned this so that He will arrive just in time for Him to be taken and to be offered as the sacrificial lamb uh, for the Passover. And so Jesus is coming at this time with a whole group of people that are coming from Galilee. Uh, uh, this uh, long journey Uh, As I said, it takes about two weeks to walk from Galilee uh, in the northern part of of Israel and to make your way all the way down to Jerusalem that is in uh, Judea and uh, the southern kingdom. And we have to understand that uh, you can't just get in a car and go or or hop a plane and and travel down there. Uh, Jesus is walking with all this crowd of people that are making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover. And Jesus has made uh, a a similar uh, journeys throughout His life, going into Jerusalem, going there for different events in His life. uh, His family went there uh, from uh, 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 his home place in Nazareth all the way down there to Jerusalem uh, for his uh, com- uh, dedication, you would say, uh, when uh, and the eighth day after he, he was born, uh, after he was circumcised, they took him up and presented him there in uh, the temple in Jerusalem. He also uh, made his way there with his family yearly uh, uh, at the Passover. And that's when Jesus was in the temple and he was there after they made their sacrifice. And uh, his family went on back towards home and, and he stayed there. This, this trip is one that he's made uh, several times throughout his life, but none as significant as this.
this. And as he's making his way through Galilee, he's coming down and he's going to cross over uh, uh, the Jordan River and he's going to uh, make his way into Perea. And uh, then he'll uh, cross over uh, the Jordan River again and, and make his way into Jericho. And as he's making his way down, he's going to come into an area called Bethpage, which is, is a, uh, 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 an area that's known for uh, fig trees. And, uh, and that Bethpage's name is uh, City of Figs. And so uh, we see all, all the while as Jesus is coming down, when he gets into Jericho, of course he's going to meet a, a, a very a tax collector in that area. And all of us learn about the, this famous tax collector that Jesus met there in, in Jericho. He's of short stature. And we all uh, heard about uh, this man who wanted to see Jesus when he was coming into the area. That's during this journey into Jerusalem that Jesus is making. And he's, he's making his way and there's a crowd of people coming along with him uh, because he is a, uh, a man that has, has taught uh, the Word of God in a way that they've never heard before. But they're also all coming because it's preparation for the Passover and and uh, there's Zacchaeus sees uh, Jesus from the sycamore tree and and Zacchaeus is 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 uh uh, told by Jesus to come down out of the tree and Jesus spends time with him there and he uh, tells Zacchaeus on how to be born again and, and Zacchaeus's life is transformed and changed and Zacchaeus no doubt probably joins in with the rest of the people following after Jesus and he makes his way into Bethpage and into Bethany where he has his friends there living uh, Mary and Martha and uh, Lazarus and Lazarus is there as well and and uh, Jesus has already uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. And so there's a large group of people that are coming uh, in that and they're following Jesus because He makes His way there to the, the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And they want to see Lazarus. They, Lazarus is, is significant because uh, there's not a whole lot of people that have died and been brought back to life. And so uh, they want to see Lazarus and they want to see and make sure that all the stories that they've heard are true and they want to, uh, to see for themselves. And, and Jesus is there with, uh, with uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, whom He loves so dearly. And, and He's uh, there in Bethany. And that is uh, just right across from the Kidron Valley uh, from Jerusalem and Dru and it's just right outside of Jerusalem and and so Jesus is there in Bethany and he's making his preparations and that's the area of the Mount of Olives and that's all there right uh, within distance uh, of of where all of this is going to take place and Jesus is making his plans for coming into Jerusalem and so he tells his two disciples uh, he tells uh, uh, there's a lot of people who speculate which disciples that he asked to, to go and, and do this, but he tells two disciples, maybe James and John, uh, uh, to go into the village over against you, and straight away you'll find an ass tied and a colt uh, with her, and loose them and bring them unto me. And so I, I, I believe, of course, that Jesus uh, knows this is also prophecy. We come and we come to a point in which Jesus is is he's not where he's sending them to be. 
He's telling them, look, there's going to be a, uh, a donkey and a colt uh, tied to a tree right as you come into the, the village, and I want you to go and get them and bring them back. Jesus is planning on coming into uh, Jerusalem uh, in a fashion that harkens back to uh, a prophecy that's, uh, that's seen uh, during the time of, of gr- the great kings of David and Solomon and, and all the others. But he is uh, 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 there coming, uh, getting ready to come into to Jerusalem. And, and he tells them, look, uh, and, but I, I, I firmly believe that uh, the person that, that Jesus is telling them to go get this uh, young colt that's just been uh, uh, born and this uh, donkey, the, uh, the beast of burden, this ass, uh, that they are to bring those two animals there. And, uh, it says that they've never been ridden before. Now that's significant in that uh, that privilege was given to uh, to kings, to kings that were on the way to coronation. You see, uh, we we don't uh, we don't think about that in terms of of coronation nowadays. Uh, you know, there's cars and there's all kinds of stuff, but uh, uh, the privilege of riding, being the first to ride a a uh, colt or an ass was was given to the king and 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 it was a high privilege it wasn't a, a horse it wasn't a white steed like the one that he'll ride uh, on his second coming it wasn't a, uh, a triumphal entry of a king it was a lowly uh, ass and colt it was a lowly uh, young animal that was uh, brought to Jesus and uh, Jesus no doubt knew the person that owned those animals and, and they were uh, aware of, of uh, who Jesus was and most likely were followers after Jesus because Jesus told them simply tell them, look, the Lord has need of these. Uh, Jesus, uh, they would understand and know it was Jesus that needed them. Jesus was borrowing them. Jesus wasn't stealing them. Remember, Jesus didn't sin. Uh, Jesus didn't do anything uh, that was uh, wrong or or. Uh, and so we have to believe and have to understand and know that, that the person that owned these two animals were uh, no doubt either known by Jesus and, and made arrangements beforehand or, uh, and also most likely a follower of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we, we believe that because Jesus wouldn't steal a couple of animals to be uh, to make this entry into Jerusalem, uh, and all that was done that might be fulfilled that which was spoken of the prophet, saying, uh, "Tell the, ye the daughter of Zion." Uh, now, Mount Zion was the highest mountain, and that was where uh, Jerusalem was built on Mount Zion. It was higher than any other mountain, and that was uh, that was code word for Jerusalem. That uh, daughters of Zion were the people that lived in in. Jerusalem, and so if you'll turn back to Deuteronomy twenty-one verse three, you'll see uh, the prophecy that is being made here, uh, that's being referenced. If you go back to uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and uh, twenty-one verse three, if you'll look there for just a minute. Uh, 
it says, And he shall be that the city which is next unto the slain man, even the elders of that city shall take an effort and that which is... Oh, it's the wrong, wrong verse. Let's see. Let's see. First uh, Samuel 6. Let's see if that verse is right. First Samuel 6, verse 7. That's not the right verse either. I've written down the wrong verses, but uh, uh, in Zechariah, uh, that's, that's the verse. Zechariah 9 9. I don't know what those other ones are for. I wrote, wrote the wrong verses down. Towards the end of the, uh, the Old Testament, uh, uh, Zechariah. You'll see where it says, O Zion, look at your king. And in Isaiah 62, verse 11, it says that he shall come in as a, as a king, a lowly, on an ass. And it says uh, very clearly and explicitly this prophecy of Jesus Christ coming in and uh, being in uh, on a, an occult, an ass being, and what it is is the occult is very young. It's very, uh, and uh, not able to, to be uh, taken away from its mother. And so that's why the, the donkey is along with them. And uh, it is a sign of humility. It is a sign of, uh, of, of great uh, uh, lowliness. And here uh, we see the prophecy of Jesus coming in and, and, uh, and being presented to the people. And so uh, we see uh, the pilgrimage, the prophecy, and the praise. As Jesus comes in, uh, it says that the multitude... Uh, the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded, brought the ass and the colt, and they put these uh, their coats on the uh, on the the donkey and the uh, the colt. Obviously, they didn't know which one Jesus was going to uh, to ride, and so they put uh, their coats on both of them. and And here, uh, I always thought as a kid when I was growing up. And it was explained uh, that they were putting their coats on there. I always thinking about uh, the coats of the men that 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 were in church with me that that morning, and and that's the image that all of us get. But you have to remember these are people that have been traveling for weeks, and these are people that are uh, not they don't they're not wealthy like we are. That we had look, you you probably aren't wearing the clothes you wore last Sunday, right? And you're probably not wearing the clothes you wore yesterday. You're not most likely not wearing the same clothes over and over again. Uh, these people are wearing the same clothes, that, and all their clothes are the same. From day in and day out, they're wearing the same clothing. And so the coats that it's talking about them putting on this uh, this coat and this, uh, this donkey are probably smelly, sweaty coats, but this was all the best that they had. This was, uh, this was done as a way of showing reverence to Jesus. This was a sign of, of their, uh, their commitment to Jesus. They took what they had. They took the best of what they had, their outer coat. This wasn't the clothes next to their body, but their outer coat. And they put it over the, uh, the animals and they put them in the streets and they began to hack off these palm fronds and, and uh, began to 
to put them in the, in the way. And this was a way of, of uh, look, they couldn't make a red carpet entrance for Jesus. They couldn't make uh, uh, strew it with, uh, with rose petals or anything like that. So they took what they had. They took the palm fronds and they took uh, uh, these palm fronds because they had significance. They were uh, uh, very valuable to them, the, the palm fronds that they put down. Uh, they were a, a sign of beauty because they uh, were there and, and uh, made the trees look... You have to remember, this is a desert environment. This is a place in which there's desert all around the, the places where they habitate. And so the palm fronds were seen as, as a, a sign of, uh, of God's deliverance, of God's goodness to them because it meant that there was a tree that had sustaining water nearby and they were able to find uh, a life-giving water if they were able to find a palm tree nearby. Uh, the palm fronds were seen as, as beautiful because they added decoration and, and uh, beauty to the scenery because of uh, the greenery that was there. And here they're whacking them down and they're putting them in the streets and they're beginning to say, uh, what do they say? They, they say the words that we always associate with Palm Sunday. They sing, Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. They're saying, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And what they're saying literally is, save us, deliver us. They're saying uh, that word Hosanna means uh, uh, bring us salvation, save us. And this is the kind of thing that uh, that you would say to a uh, uh the Messiah that they were looking for. They were looking for the Messiah that, uh, look, uh, Moses came and delivered them from the bondage of slavery of Egypt and took them from Egypt uh, in slavery and they followed after God and, and Moses was the, the man that God used to lead the people of Israel out of uh, slavery that God delivered them from in Egypt into the promised land, all, all the way to the promised land. And of course it was Joshua that led them into the promised land. But uh, you see Moses come and he did this and, and they were always looking for the next Moses, the Messiah that was going to come and lead them from the oppression of all the, uh, the people that had oppressed them for so many years of Babylon and then Rome. Uh, Rome was seen as uh, the same as Babylon, and, and they always thought of that, uh, that conquering that Babylon did of taking them away. And God finally brought them back uh, to the promised land, and uh, then Rome comes along and, and takes them over, and, and they're under that oppression, and they're looking for a Messiah that's going to deliver them like Moses delivered them, that God will use to deliver them from that oppression and give them uh, salvation. And so they're seeing Jesus as this, this Messiah that they're looking for, and they're saying, Hosanna. They're, seeing, they're wanting Him to come in like a king. They're wanting Him to come in like a general that will oppress and take over and, and set up a new kingdom. And of course, that's not what Jesus is coming for. And you say, well, there's a lot of people that, a lot of scholars have said, well, if, if Jesus wouldn't have allowed them to do this, then Jesus wouldn't have been killed because Jesus, uh, uh, because they were shouting Hosanna and saying all these things. That's why Jesus was crucified. No, Jesus was crucified because Jesus planned on going and offering Himself as a sacrifice for our sins. 
And Jesus, what He's doing is, is He's stirring up the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's stirring up the people so that it will be seen in this way that they'll get, you know, all this time the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees and Sanhedrin, they're all, they're all trying to come together and, and find a way in which they can kill Jesus. Remember reading that all throughout the life of Jesus as He's making His way in Jerusalem and as He's teaching and throughout all this time and, and Jesus is offering it up to them on a silver platter. Look, here it is. I'm going to come in and I'm going to make it appear as though I'm uh, the uh, coming of the Messiah. I'm going to come in and have the people stirred up so that they will, uh, they will be singing Hosanna uh, to, in the highest. They're waving palm fronds. It's like they're committing treason against Rome because they're saying this is our Savior. We're waiting for Him to overthrow Rome. And Jesus did that on purpose. Why? Again, it's the Passover. It's time for Him to be offered as a sacrifice. It's timed out perfectly so that He will be the Passover Lamb. It's timed out perfectly so that He will, uh, will uh, be crucified at the right moment, at the time in which God had ordained. Look, Rome's not in charge. Satan's not in charge. The people, the Sanhedrin, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're not in charge. Jesus is in charge. He's manipulating everything to accomplish God's desire. He's not manipulating in a bad way. He's, he's orchestrating is what we call uh, when somebody good does something, the same thing as manipulating as a bad person. Jesus is orchestrating all of this. He's pulling all the levers. He's doing all this to establish uh, the proper timeline for Him to be offered as a sacrifice. And so what it says here is they're, they're all saying, Hosanna in the highest. And you've got all these people that came with Jesus from Galilee. You've got all these people that saw and heard Jesus in Jericho. And you've got people like Zacchaeus that's followed in behind. And, and they're adding people all along the way. Then you get to Bethany and Bethpage. And, you, and you've got even more people that have come to see Lazarus. And you've got this whole crowd of people. And they're all... Uh, they're all excited and they're all singing Hosanna. And you got more people in Jerusalem. They're already there for the Passover. And you see, and you've got all this whole great army of people coming in, like Jesus at the head of a conquering army. And he's coming in and they're all singing Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Deliver us! Save us! And that's exactly what Jesus is coming to do to save them. Jesus is entering in and preparing to be offered up. And you have, lastly, after the praise and the pageantry, you have the perplexity. You have some that are there and, they, and they're, they're coming and they're looking to... They're the rubberneckers. You know, we've got people whenever there's an accident on the highway, uh, it, it's usually slowed down twice as slow that it needs to be because of the fact that you've got people that all want to see what happened. We, all, we don't want to see anything ugly and gruesome, but we still slow down and look to see what happened. We want to know why, why it is that you've been sitting waiting in line for so long on the highway and... Here you had the rubberneckers. You had the people that have, have seen all the people that have come in with Jesus. You've heard all, they've heard all the people that are singing Hosanna and they're glorifying God and they come and they are seeing what's going on and they say in verse 10, 
Who is this? It says that the the city was moved. That word moved there is used only three times in the book of Matthew and and each time it's it's a word that is akin to an earthquake. It says that the city was shaken. The city were the people were were shaken like an earthquake was happening because Jesus had come in with all of these people and and they're all singing Hosanna. Their hearts and lives have been moved and they and they're saying, "Who is this? Who is this that's coming?" And the multitude of people that were with them in verse eleven says, "This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee." And so. You have the perplexity of those who are there. They're saying, what is it that's going on? Who is this that's come in? And today you've got people that are still to this day that don't understand and don't know what the whole deal is about Easter. you got people that are, are so wrapped up. I, I passed a ch- uh, church just yesterday, I think it was. And they didn't have a sign about the coming of the of the. Uh, of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, they didn't have a sign about the the coming of 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 Jesus Christ of singing Hosanna in the highest to Jesus. They had a sign about Billy the Rabbit that was coming. <laughs> Listen, you've got people that are all confused about what this time is about. It's not about Billy the Rabbit. It's not about the Easter Bunny. It's not about all the things that the world would distract us about. This is about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb that is to be offered up as a sacrifice for the sins of not just Jerusalem, not just the people of Israel, not just those who were there, but for all of humanity. Jesus Christ, the perfect gift, the only gift, the only sacrifice that could be made for our sins. The complete sacrifice. He was without spot and blemish. You have to understand uh, the whole, the whole uh, uh, sacrificial system was about offering up the most prized and most valuable possession. They didn't have bank accounts. They didn't have 401ks. They had herds of sheep and cattle. And God said, when you offer sacrifice, don't give me the one that's lame. Don't give me the blind one. Don't give me the one that's marred up with all kinds of disease and all kinds of things that are invaluable to you anyway and you're you're willing to just uh, slaughter it. He says, give me the one without spot and blemish. That's the one that's expensive. The one that's perfect and clean. The one that has no mar. The one that is priceless and so valuable. Jesus Christ comes as the priceless, valuable, without spot or blemish, sacrifice. The only one that ever would be. To be not just this year's sacrifice, but to be the final sacrifice for our sins. And you've got people today, just as you had people then, saying, who is that? Who is He? Who is He? Today's not about palm branches. We don't wave palm branches in church like some churches do. It's not about the palm branches. It's not about singing Hosanna. It's about 
saying to, to God, save us. And God saying, I'll give you my sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. God incarnate, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, which is slain for you. There's no, there's no confusion, no qualms, no difficulty in understanding. God gave the very best, His only begotten Son, to be a sacrifice for you that you might have forgiveness of sin for all eternity, salvation, that you might be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that you might be saved. Who do you say that Jesus is? Like He asked His disciples, who do you say that He is? Is He just a prophet? Like some of them said, when they were waving the palm fronds and singing Hosanna. Oh, he's just a prophet. He, he raised Lazarus over there from the dead. Nobody's done that. Not even Moses. Or is he the Son of God? The Lamb of God? The sacrificial Lamb? Not the Messiah, the conquering King, but the Messiah, the Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not the one who's going to conquer the, king, uh, the kingdoms of this earth and liberate His people, but the, the conquering King who's going to defeat sin and death in the grave and liberate His people, not from kingdoms, but the dominion of this world, from the darkness of sin, from the penalty and the wages of death. The wages of sin is death. Are you going to claim Him as just another prophet who taught things? Or is He your Savior and Lord? The question for you today is, who is Jesus? Who is He? Is He your Savior? Or do you still not know Him? Today you're going to have the opportunity to accept Him as Lord of your life and Lord of uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords for all eternity in your life. The moment you accept Jesus into your life, all of eternity begins for you in His presence. Won't you accept Him as your Savior today? Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, I praise You and thank You for all that You've done for us. I praise You for the fact that You are our King. Lord, I pray that You would continue to reach lost souls today. People that still don't know who you are. Help them to see you as the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who will save them from their sins. Draw them to you, Father, that they might have eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.